0: Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber Paguias Molly <laughs> The makers of Johnson's Wax for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. (laughs) The heading of a newspaper article caught my eye the other day. It read as follows. Boxes dropped overboard carry fighters' supplies. It told how overseas shipments of vital spare parts for planes, tanks, and jeeps are protected with wax so that they can be thrown overboard and carried in by wind and tide to waiting United States detachments in far places. Each spare part is first wrapped in wax cloth or wax paper. This is then dipped in molten wax and packed with other wax-dipped packages into wooden boxes lined with more waterproof material. Such a package can actually be thrown into the salt water with its contents, spare parts, surgical instruments, food, safe against corrosion or spoilage. And that's just one of many interesting uses that have been found for wax. The makers of Johnson's Wax supply large quantities of special waterproofing waxes for cartons and packages. They've developed other Johnson's Wax finishes for surface protection of important war equipment for protecting metal, rubber, paper, and leather. And industry has you women to thank for this lesson in wax protection because it's from your use of Johnson's Wax in your homes that these industrial waxes have been developed. Take a bow, ladies. get the squire of 79 Wistful Vista out of his easy chair, would take a block and tackle. But when the fishing season rolls around, he's up and away with more tackle than anybody in the block. And here it all is in the living room, as we meet Fibber McGee and Molly. Molly.
1: McGee, sweetheart, Mm -hmm. must you have all that fishing stuff here in the living room? Mm -hmm. Can't you take it out on the porch or someplace? Why
2: should I take it out on the porch?
1: Oh, just for aesthetic reasons. That basket and those rod cases and boots and stuff, it's all faintly reminiscent of last year's trout. You mean it? It certainly does.
2: (laughs) Well, I just wanted to give it the once-over. Be sure it's in shape for the new season. I'm going to land old Muley this year if I have to dynamite Lake Dugan and sift the mud through a mustache cup.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe I spend too much time polishing my diamonds and going to the opera to be up on the things that really count, but who's old Muley?
2: Who's old Muley? My gosh, woman, old Muley's the biggest, sassiest, toughest, smartest, rod-breakingest bass in Lake Dugan. (laughs) And I'm out to get him this year.
1: I hope you do it, dearie. That sardine you brought home last year was...
2: What do you mean, sardine? That was a perch. (laughs)
1: Well, it never should have been taken out from under the canary
2: (laughs) I just had bad luck last year is all That's fisherman's luck Good one year and bad the next
1: (laughs) You must have about 14 good years coming then I don't remember you ever bringing back much but wet feet And sunburn and excellent reasons why they weren't biting
2: Oh, I do all right, baby (laughs) If I was a dub at it, the fish would come right up to me but they know they got an experienced angler to deal with, so they keep away, see? Is that it? You bet that's it. And if old Muley don't... Hmm. What's the matter? My new fly rod. It isn't here. Where's my new fly rod? Somebody stole my new fly rod. It's missing. Call the police! My fly rod's gone! My new one! My new fly rod! Now,
1: now, calm yourself. It's perfectly safe. Huh? Well, where
2: is it? Where is it?
1: Up over the front windows. Oh. The curtain rod broke last week and... <laughs> Your fish pole was just the right size.
2: Oh my gosh. And don't call that twelve dollar fly rod a fish pole. He whiz, that's like accusing Einstein of counting on his fingers. <laughs> it isn't respectful. Well,
1: don't get excited about it. It's no good as a curtain pole anyway. Hmm? It's probably no good as a fly rod either. Look how it droops in the middle.
2: It's supposed to do that. It's flexible. That's genuine split bamboo.
1: Well, then, why don't you take it back and get one that isn't split? <laughs> My goodness, any store that would sell damaged merchandise to him! It's room... supposed to be split. They're made that way. Don't you know anything about fishing, Molly? I only know two things. Huh? One, a fish hook is very painful when stuck through a thumb. And two, I'd rather go to the movie.
2: Well, that's a woman for you. No sportsmanship. Women wouldn't understand the challenge of a fish, like old Muley, to a fisherman like me... It's a battle of wits, that's what it is.
3: Oh, dear.
1: Isn't it a little degrading to be outwitted by a fish year after year?
3: <laughs>
2: now, nah, old Muley knows I'll get him eventually. The sport is in the fishing, not in the catching. You know what that clever old wiggler done to me last year?
1: Yes, you've told me so many times. Well, that sir, I... there
2: I was. Fishing the south end of Dugan's Lake, the place a few of us guys call Gimlet Inlet. <laughs>
1: Because it's so boring, I suppose
2: I tossed out a fly <laughs> Skimming the surface with a delicate flicking movement Just a snap of the wrist and A clean sweep back, see? And whammo! Old muley Hello, Which...
4: Mr. McGee Hello,
2: muley Or, I mean...
4: <laughs>
2: Hi, Alice
4: Sit down, Alice, and listen with bated breath to a fish story you
2: Ever do much fishing, Alice?
4: Oh, well, when I was a little girl, I used to go out with my father But it's kind of hard to see what's going on from up in a tree Up in a tree? Yes, He took me along to climb trees and unfasten his hook when it got caught in a branch. (laughs) All I ever saw of my father in those days was the top of his hat.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he just didn't know how to cast, Alice. I practice all summer in the backyard myself. I lay a newspaper down and cast at it from the back porch. Why I got so's I could snag a want ad from thirty feet.
1: <laughs> yes, you really made history, McGee. What do you mean? I think you're the first man who ever swat a newspaper with a fly. <laughs> Shall I do that again?
3: No,
2: <laughs> you ought to go out with Doc Gamble and me and take a slug at old Muley Alice.
4: <laughs> Thank you, Mister McGee, but I never drink anything but soft drinks. <laughs> Old Muley is a
1: bass, Alice. <laughs> yeah. He lives at the bottom of Lake Dugan. Yeah. Until he gets laughing so hard at the fisherman, he has to come up for a breath of air.
2: <laughs> I nearly got him last year, though, by George. As I was saying, I flicked the water gently with a brown hackle and whammo. A strike.
4: <laughs> How many do you get before you're out? <laughs> <laughs> Look,
2: Alice, in fishing, when a fish snaps at the bait, it's a strike, see?
1: Oh... Fishing is like golf that way, Alice. You see, if you talk about it so ordinary people can understand it, you're thrown out of the club.
2: Look, you want to hear this story or don't you? Of course you do. (laughs) Well, sir, I finally had old Muley on the hook. Boy, what a moment. Slowly I reeled him in. wait
4: a minute. How did you know it was old Muley on your hook, Mr. McGee?
2: (laughs) Only an amateur would inquire an interrogation like that question, sis. Why I'd had old Muley on my hook so often, I knew him like a brother. Oh, dear. And he knew me, too. Well, sir, I reeled him in, slowly. Suddenly he turned and dived to the bottom. I let the line out even and easy. Then I pulled in again. Up, up, up. Then like a flash, I dipped with the net. And there it was. An old rubber tire. (laughs) Old Muley had gone to the bottom, took off the hook, and snagged the casing with it.
4: (laughs) Was the tire any good?
2: It was in perfect shape. It was in such perfect shape, I was scared to take it home so I heaved it back in the lake.
4: Oh, gee. I'm going to tell my boyfriend all about it when he calls up, Mr. McGee. I'll bet he'd like to go fishing with you sometime. Glad to have him
2: along, Alice, anytime.
4: Will you let me know if he calls Mrs. McGee? Well, we
1: won't be here very long, Alice. McGee is going to the city hall to get a
4: fishing license, and I'm going with him. Well, maybe I'll hear the phone myself. You're sure you don't mind if he goes with you sometime, Mr. McGee? Of course
2: not, kid. Be a pleasure to have him along.
4: McGee's
1: always glad to meet another fisherman, Alice.
4: Oh, he's never done any fishing. Huh? But creepers, how he can use that spare tire. Oh, sure. (laughs)
0: Billy Mills and the orchestra play Holiday for Strings.
2: Right down the hall here at the License Bureau. (laughs) Boy, I get more of a bang wandering around the city hall here than anybody put together. (laughs) First time I ever came here, I didn't come to squawk about something.
1: (laughs) That's why they call this the seat of government. Uh Everybody comes down here to kick. (laughs) (laughs) Remember
2: when I was on the grand jury, Molly, and I didn't get home for three weeks?
1: Yes, and I'll never forget how worried I was.
2: Because I was locked up in a hotel room every night?
1: No, somebody told me it was a hung jury and I didn't know what they were hanging you for.
3: (laughs) Oh,
2: well, we didn't... Oh, McGee, isn't that
1: Mr. Wellington coming up the hall?
2: Oh, that ain't his brother. Look at that strut. You'd think he owned this building
5: and was just coming in to foreclose the mortgage on it.
1: Oh, I wouldn't say that. Hello there, Mr. Wellington.
5: Ah, oh, good day, Mrs. McGee. It's so, so nice to see you. And, McGee, it's so, so. <laughs> Hi, Wellington. What are you doing around here? Going to throw your
2: collar in the ring and run for dog catcher?
5: You appear to be slightly deficient in your knowledge of city politics, my friend. The office of dog catcher is not elective. It is appointive. My nephew has been the incumbent for many years. Perhaps you know him, Harry Barkwell?
1: <laughs> Harry Barkwell, the dog catcher. How interesting.
5: Yes, any time you lose a dog, just wire Harry.
2: <laughs> I had a cousin who used to be sewer commissioner. Name was Manuel Holstein Coverley. <laughs> Better
5: known as Old Manhole Cover. <laughs> Very amusing. I'm afraid I didn't have the pleasure of his acquaintance, although I knew him very well. (laughs) But what brings you into this sink of official iniquity and public indifference, McGee?
1: He's going to get a fishing license, Mr. Wellington.
5: Indeed. Are you by any chance a dry fly fisherman?
2: Well, I'm a fly fisherman, but I always keep a couple of bottles of root beer hanging in the water. (laughs) You
5: an angler, Wellington? Oh, I've been accused of it, McGee, though I don't fish.
1: (laughs) Here in the city hall on business, Mr. Wellington?
5: Yes, I... I dropped in to pull a few strings on behalf of my brother. He's in the trucking business. Hmm. What can he get out of the city hall? The city hauling. Hmm. Uh-huh. Well, good day, both. Drop in and see me in the near future. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Wise guy. Did
2: it ever occur to you, Molly, what a wonderful stranger he'd make? Oh, i
1: rather like him, McGee. He's so well-read and all.
2: Well, he ought to be well-read. His old man was a bookmaker. <laughs> well, come on, Molly. Here's the license, girl, right here.
1: The... Oh. Heavenly days, what a mob.
2: Oh, look at the people in front of the window I want to get to.
1: That's the longest fish line I ever saw. Come on, Molly, let's get out of
2: here. Wow. Now,
1: what's the matter? Aren't you going to get a fishing
2: license? Sure I am, but I'm not standing in that line all day. I'm no peasant. I got some influence in this joint, and there was never any better time for me to swing it.
1: Who do you know in the city hall?
2: Who do I know? (laughs) I know Ross Dixon himself. That's who I know. Play rummy with him at the Elks all the time.
1: Who on earth is Ross Dixon?
2: Just the man behind the mayor, that's all. Ross Dixon is the real power in this town. He's the guy who collected 40,000 bucks from the Barber's Union, telling them it was the poll tax. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a fascinating personality what's his official title
2: i don't know but you just mentioned ross dixon any ward healer in town and he'll start shaking so hard you could mix a double malted in his pocket
1: yeah but where's his office
2: third floor department of weights and measures
1: what does he do there just weights and measures i suppose
2: <laughs> i don't know i think
1: he's... well
0: hello there folks.
2: hello mr wilcott hi
0: junior say do you know ross dixon never heard of him who is he?
1: Who is he? Why, he's the man behind the mayor.
0: Oh, I see. Well, what do you want to see him for?
1: Well, himself here wants a fishing license, and there's too long a line in front of the license window, Mr. Wilcox.
2: And I don't stand in line for anything, Waxy. That's for the peasants. <laughs> I'll be home cleaning my fish before those lint heads get up to that window.
0: Well, I think you're being very silly, Fibber. You ever hear of Johnson's car new? You... Ain't saying a half, and I ain't saying a half. <laughs>
1: And he ain't talking loud enough to be heard in Racine, either.
0: (laughs) Besides, what's Johnson's car new got to do with the subject? Well, it's simply a case of doing the best job the simplest way, that's all. You hate to stand in line, so you start making things complicated for yourself. Oh? Some people put off polishing their cars, not realizing how simple and easy it is with Johnson's car new. Yes? They don't realize it cleans and polishes in one easy application. Hmm. Just spread it on, (laughs) let it dry, wipe it off, and there you are, shining like new. Why, these days, even an automobile has to keep up its morale. And with cars, morale is spelled C-A-R-N-U. Well, happy fishing, pal. Well, thanks,
2: Junior. Glad to have you come along sometime. You know, we haven't been fishing together since Dewey took Manila.
0: (laughs) Did Dewey take Manila? Huh? Gee, that won't hurt his campaign a bit, will it? (laughs)
1: Shall we go back and stand in line, McGee?
2: No, sir. I'm going to get this fishing license the easy way. All i got to do is find Ross Dixon, and he'll be with the mayor. So where do we find the mayor? Well, the logical place might be the mayor's office. And by a peculiar coincidence, and also to save time, here it is right here.
4: <laughs> yes, sir?
2: Is the mayor in, sis?
4: No, sir. He's officiating at the opening of the new shirt factory on 14th Street, sir.
1: How? By breaking a bottle of blueing over the cornerstone?
4: No, he's going to hide the first pin in the first shirt.
2: Well, where can we find Ross Dixon, sis? Oh,
4: he's with the mayor, sir. Mm -hmm. He was afraid his honor wouldn't know which end of the pin was sharp.
2: Oh. (laughs) Will they be back soon?
4: Almost any minute, madam. The mayor is addressing a political meeting in half an hour. I'm just fixing his speech now. Fixing it how? Well, he made several definite statements, which, of course, is a terrible mistake, politically. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah,
2: that guy has carried water on both shoulders so long he gurgles when he walks. (laughs) Can I help you with the speech, sis?
4: Oh, no, no, thank you. So vague now, I don't know what he's talking about, so it must be nearly right. Well, (laughs) thank you very much. Yeah, we'll
2: stick around the hall and wait for him, sis.
1: Politics must be a lot of fun, McGee.
2: Yeah, I guess so. The whole thing is just a matter of pace.
1: What do you mean, pace?
2: Well, if you start to run, you can't stop till Gallop says you'll win in a walk. (laughs)
1: How about your fishing license? Uh, Shall we go get in the line now? No, sir,
2: not me. I'm going to wait right here and intercede the mayor when he makes for his office.
1: Good idea, but you don't mean intercede. You mean intercept.
2: Oh, no, I don't. Intercept means clumsy, awkward, butterfingers.
1: No, dearie, that's inept.
6: (laughs) Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) Ah, You must think I'm completely illiterary. (laughs) I guess I know what inept means. It means somebody isn't likely to do something. Like if I wanted to borrow fifty bucks from Wellington, he ain't apt to let me have it.
1: Well, I don't like to argue with it, dearie, but in that case, it would be isn't apt. He isn't apt to let you have it.
2: No, I'll say he isn't. Last time I tried to borrow from... Hey, then what does intercede mean? Well,
1: let's break it down now. Inter means between,
2: and seed is something you plant. So intercede means between plantings, which means winter time. My gosh, if we
1: got
7: to wait here all summer and fall for the mayor. Oh, we look, look Miggy, here comes Beulah. Oh. oh, Beulah? Beulah? Well, for goodness sake, my people. <laughs> Just
2: as a throwaway line, Beulah, what are you doing in the city hall?
7: <laughs> i come down, yes, sir, to rectify a misdemeanor in my personal property tax. Oh. <laughs> it seemed like, seem like they make a small mistake of $1,000. Heavenly days, $1,000. What an error.
2: What's the total amount of the tax, Beulah? $1,004,
7: sir. See? <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Looks like you've been carrying this notice around for some time, Beulah. <laughs> yes, um.
7: sir. <laughs> Everybody I know is mail. And socially, I've moved up several brackets. <laughs>
2: Well, the whole mistake is they got the decimal in the wrong place, Beulah. They say they got the whisk?
1: <laughs> he said the decimal, Beulah. Don't you know what decimal means?
7: Yes, ma'am. That's what the chances is of tapping Beulah for a thousand bucks. Pretty decimal.
2: Not dismal, Beulah. Decimal. That's a numerical system that has a. Well, it's based on tenths, and the decimal is a kind of a period that denotes a. Well, take a
7: dollar. Oh, thank you very much, sir. <laughs> He means just for instance, Beulah. Yes, ma'am. Um. Take a dollar. You write one period O-O. What's the matter? You make a mistake?
1: <laughs> no, Beulah. O is zero.
7: Zero? Yes. That means you're dealing in cocaine? No. Ma'am? Uh, look, Beulah.
3: <laughs> the
7: decimal system is based
2: on tenths. Therefore, fractions are reduced decimally and indicated by the placement of the decimal point. Now, what would zero period four o mean? Oh, that's real simple.
3: <laughs>
7: Party below zero. <laughs> Oh, no, Beulah. The decimal system has nothing to do with temperature. No, ma'am. I don't think it's so hot either.
3: <laughs>
7: I guess I'd just stick to the old-fashioned gazenta system. Two gazenta, four
2: Yeah, yes.
3: like <laughs> Yeah,
7: it might be simpler at that, Beulah.
2: That's why Arabic numerals are more practical than Roman. Why, McGee? It's easier to handle. The Romans did their figuring with chisels. We do our chiseling with figures. <laughs> did you
3: do the with figures? <laughs> Look, <wants> the male <laughs>
7: Well, now, look, Beulah, uh, maybe
1: next year when you get the form to make out your personal property tax, you better get Mr. McGee to help you with it. Sure,
7: I'd be glad to, Beulah. Oh, you're very kind, Miss McGee, but that's how this got all undecimal. Hmm? You helped me this year, remember? Oh, (laughs)
0: The King's Men sing 27 times around the block.
6: Spring has came and nearly gone, love has cast its spell.
3: Cupid's little
6: dart made a bullseye in my heart, and even my arches fell. She was so pretty and aesthetic, how would I to know she was so darned athletic? It was tramp, 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 tramp.
7: We started walking around the block.
6: We started walking round the block.
7: It was just an ordinary block. It was
6: just an ordinary block. But
7: she kept talking, talking and she had me walking
6: 27 times around the block.
7: Tramp, tramp, tramp. Now it was after 3 o'clock.
6: Now it was after 3 o'clock.
7: And still we walked around the block. And still
6: we walked around the block. Well,
7: I just counted
6: while, while the total mounted 27 times around the block. I tried to speak a little word of love. I never got the ghost of a chance, for I was certainly the victim of a walkie-talkie romance.
7: I didn't know she liked to hike, I
6: didn't know she liked to hike, or
7: I'd have brought along a bike,
6: or I'd have brought along a bike. Though she could take take it, I could hardly make it twenty-seven times around the block. Now once around the block was eight hundred eighty steps, that's picking them up and putting them down a plenty. I figured out the footage we had travelled that night was forty seven thousand five hundred and twenty. She discussed the crooners and the weather and the styles while my dogs barked for nine miles.
7: Each time I brought her to her door.
6: Each time I brought her to her door. She
7: said, let's walk around once more. She said,
6: let's walk around once more. So
7: I just counted while the
6: total mounted two, four, six, eight, ten feet. Marching round and round again, 27 times around the block. But then she kissed me, and it was worth it.
2: we've been in almost every office in the building, Molly, but the mayor's got to be here someplace. Not
1: necessarily. Anyway, if you have to find the mayor to locate this Ross Dixon, why don't you ask the mayor himself to get you a fishing license?
2: Because Ross Dixon is the guy that tells the mayor what to do, see? Oh. The mayor is just a figurehead. Except that he's got no head for figures.
1: I still think it would be simpler to go back to the license bureau and get in line with the common people. No,
2: sir. Dad dreaded I'm going to get that fishing license the easy way if it turns out to be twice as hard as the hard way. I never... Oh, hi, Doc. Hello, McGee. Hello, Molly. Hello,
1: Dr. Gamble. What
2: are you two taxpayers loafing around the municipal building for, trying to sell your vote?
1: Why, Doctor, you know we wouldn't sell our votes, would we, McGee?
2: The very suggestion is insulting and preposterable. <laughs> and the price is too low anyway. <laughs> what are you doing down here, Doc? City revoking your license?
1: Oh, why should they, McGee? Dr. Gamble knows more than any doctor in town.
2: Horse feathers. You could take everything he knows and write it on the head of a pin with a dull hatchet. What are you doing here, Doc? I am a member of the Board of Health, Snoopy Oh You know what health is, I suppose That's what people are always drinking to Just before they fall down (laughs) Now, may I ask just what are you doing here?
1: He's getting a fishing license, Doctor
2: I swore I was going to get old Muley this year, Doc Remember old Muley out at Dugan's Lake? What? You get old Muley? Why, that bass has got more brains in his dorsal fin than you've got in your entire carcass. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just because you couldn't keep him on a hook long enough to get your line wet... Don't hand me those sour grapes, you big rum-dum. Now, McGee. I could catch more fish with an umbrella handle and a bent pin than you could snag by draining Lake Erie.
1: Now, look here. Boy,
2: you insufferable little braggart. The only successful fishing you ever did was for nickels with chewing gum on a stick through a sidewalk grating. Is that so? Yes, that's so. What repartee? Why, you egotistical, egocentric egghead, you couldn't trap a 12-pound salmon in a two-gallon keg with a tennis net. You're a fake on a lake with a wet smack with a dry fly. <laughs> oh, look who's talking. Why, I've caught more fish with a piece of red flannel underwear than you ever bought and sneaked home from the corner market. You got as much chance of catching old muley as I have of winning the Pulitzer Prize for the longest chain of paper clips. Why you... Hey, Doc Yeah, you know Ross Dixon? Yeah, very well, why?
1: We've been looking all over for him, Doctor (laughs) McGee wants to see him on business
2: Well, you don't have to look far, McGee He's right across the hall here I was just talking to him Oh, my gosh, well, thanks, Doc You're a pal Mm -hmm. Anything for a friend, my boy? Mm -hmm. Come on, I'll show you where I left him Oh, fine
1: Oh, well, it almost looks like mission accomplished, doesn't it, McGee?
2: It's in the bag, baby I'll show you how it pays to know people in the right places in here, Doc? That's right. Right in here.
1: Wow. Heavenly days. This is the license bureau. This is where we started. Well, that
2: makes it all handier. Now, where's Dixon, Doc? You see that line of people waiting for fishing licenses? Yes. See the man second from the end of the line? Yes. Well, that's the mayor. Ross Dixon's the man behind the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I see him. Hey, Ross, what are you doing? Trying to get a fishing license, McGee. Oh, my gosh.
1: All right, peasant. Get in line. Uh-huh.
0: a lot these days about morale. I think one of the reasons so many of you ladies use Johnson's self-polishing glow coat for your linoleum floors is that it does a lot for the morale of your kitchens and for your own morale, too. It's a pleasure to work in a colorful kitchen, one that's bright and cheerful. When you consider the importance of the floor area in such a room, you know mighty well that it pays in good spirits alone to keep linoleum sparkling and clean. It's good for your morale also to save unnecessary work, and glow coat certainly does that. It takes practically no work to apply, needs no rubbing or buffing. Add to these morale builders the fact that you make linoleum last six to ten times longer by protecting it regularly with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, and you certainly have a picture of why glow coat is so satisfactory for linoleum and other floors. (laughs)
1: I told you we should have taken a streetcar home, McGee. That cab was horribly crowded.
2: Well, I was all wore out from tramping around that city hall. And they shouldn't put that many people in a cab. Did you hear me give that taxidermist a piece of my mind? That what? That guy in the red cap that lines up taxis for people.
1: What did you call him?
2: Taxidermist. He stuffs taxicabs.
1: Oh. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all.
0: The character of Mr. Wellington heard on this program was played by a ransom Sherman. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax for Home and Industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company.
5: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
5: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
5: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>